0: Turtles all the way down. Vaccine science and myth. This episode includes a summary of the childhood vaccine clinical trials and looks at some of the counterarguments or excuses given against the evidence against the vaccine manufacturers and the regulatory agencies. Here is a summary of the safety testing performed in Phase 3 clinical trials for the vaccines included in the CDC-recommended childhood vaccination programme. Disease, diphtheria, tetanus, pertussis, with and without polio, hepatitis B, and HIB. Vaccine, pediorix, diphtheria, tetanus, acellular pertussis, hepatitis B, polio. The control group in phase three clinical trials. Control groups in the trials received either the Infanrix vaccine along with hepatitis B. Hib and polio vaccines, or other unspecified vaccines. No control group received a placebo. Vaccine Kinrix, diphtheria, tetanus, acellular pertussis, polio. Control group in the Phase 3 clinical trials. In the only trial specifically described in the package insert, the control group received the Infanrix and polio vaccines. The package insert doesn't mention any trial involving a placebo control group. Vaccine. Infanrix. Diphtheria. Tetanus. Acellular pertussis. Control group in phase 3 clinical trials. Tested against a control group that received the DTP vaccine. Or no control group. Vaccine. DTP. Diphtheria. Tetanus. Pertussis. Control group in phase 3 clinical trials. The vaccine was developed in the 1930s and has never been tested in an RCT against a control group receiving a real placebo. Vaccine, Pentacel, diphtheria, tetanus, acellular pertussis, polio, hib. Control group in phase 3 clinical trials. The control groups in 3 of the 4 trials received an assortment of different vaccines. The fourth trial's control group may have received no vaccines. However, its safety data is not presented in the package insert. Vaccine QuadraCell Diphtheria, tetanus, acellular pertussis, polio. Control group in Phase 3 clinical trials. The control group in the trial received the Dapter cell and polio vaccines. Vaccine Dapter cell. Diphtheria, tetanus, acellular pertussis. Control group in phase 3 clinical trials. The control groups in the trials received other vaccines. Disease. Haemophilus influenzae type B. Vaccine. Hibrix. Control group in phase 3 clinical trials. The only blinded RCT had two control groups receiving another Hib vaccine, or a DTAP polio Hib, along with several other vaccines. Vaccine, Act Hib. Control group in phase 3 clinical trials. Control groups received either the DTP vaccine, or other combination DTAP-based vaccines. Vaccine, Pedvax Hib. Control group in phase 3 clinical trials. Most of the control group subjects received DTP and OPV vaccines, along with a placebo whose ingredients were not specified. Disease, polio. Vaccine, IPOL. Control group in phase 3 clinical trials. The package insert does not mention any RCT performed for the vaccine disease, pneumococcal disease, vaccine, Prevnar 13, control group in phase 3 clinical trials, tested against a control group receiving Prevnar, the older generation vaccine. Vaccine, Prevnar, control group in phase 3 clinical trials, tested against a control group that received an experimental meningococcal vaccine. Disease. Hepatitis B. Vaccine. Engerix. Control group in phase 3 clinical trials. Its side effect was compared to that of a previous generation product, a plasma vaccine. Vaccine. Twinrix. Control group in phase 3 clinical trials. Tested in clinical trials against a control group that received separate hepatitis A and B vaccines. Vaccine. Recombivax HB. Control group in phase 3 clinical trials. The package insert does not mention any safety RCT performed in infants. Disease. Hepatitis A. Vaccine. Havericks. Control group in phase 3 clinical trials. The control group in the main trial received the hepatitis B vaccine. In three other trials the control group received several other vaccines, including MMR, varicella vaccines, and more. Vaccine. VACTA. Control group in phase 3 clinical trials. In one trial, there was no control group. According to another document, the control group received a compound that included aluminum and thimerosal. And in the second trial, the vaccine was given concurrently with other vaccines, and without a control group. Disease. Measles, mumps, rubella, varicella. Chickenpox. Vaccine. ProQuad. Measles, mumps, rubella, varicella. Control group in phase 3 clinical trials. Safety was tested in several randomised clinical trials, most of which were not blinded. None of the trials contained a control group receiving only a placebo. Vaccine. MMR2. Measles, mumps, rubella. Control group in phase 3 clinical trials. Tested in several small to medium, unblinded and partially randomised trials. The control groups totaled about one-tenth the number of subjects in the trial groups and received no injection. Vaccine. Varivax. Varicella. Control group in phase 3 clinical trials. In one RCT, the placebo given to the control group was actually the test vaccine from which the viral component was removed. Another trial compared to two different formulations of the vaccine. Disease, rotavirus, vaccine, rototech, control group in phase three clinical trials. The control group in the trial probably received the vaccine songs antigen compound The description of the control compound was intentionally deleted from FDA licensing documents. Vaccine, Rotorix, control group in Phase 3 clinical trials. The control group in the trial received the vaccine sans antigen compound. Counter-arguments. As summarised above, the manufacturer's package inserts and FDA licensing documents indicate that none of the U.S. routine childhood vaccines has been tested against a true placebo. It's very unlikely that new documents which attest to the opposite will suddenly appear. It's also highly improbable that a new technique for calculating the true rate of vaccine adverse events in an RCT by comparing it to population background rates or to a non-placebo control group will miraculously emerge. A moral justification for giving control group infants a compound that could seriously harm them, while providing them with no potential benefit, will also not be forthcoming anytime soon. However, because the arguments made in this chapter undermine the very foundations of the childhood vaccine programme, devout believers in the vaccines are safe and effective mantra try hard to refute them. Their popular arguments and suggested responses are presented below. Important note, when addressing alleged refutations to the content of this chapter, the first response should be to politely request scientific references backing them up. When facing the inevitable and grave consequences of the material presented in this chapter, vaccine proponents sometimes resort to baseless, even borderline imaginary claims, In many cases, asking for a valid scientific reference that backs up a claim will quickly put the argument to rest. A placebo in vaccine clinical trials is only used for the purpose of testing vaccine efficacy. This is a bizarre claim which has no scientific basis. Just ask for a scientific reference, you won't get one. A real placebo given to the control group in a vaccine clinical trial provides a background rate for both efficacy and safety. Therefore, in a trial which has a placebo group, both vaccine efficacy and the incidence of adverse events could be easily calculated by comparing results in trial versus control groups. It's unethical not to give the control group another vaccine. The practice of always testing vaccines against other vaccines gives rise to the turtle's all the way down scenario, where the true rate of adverse events of any childhood vaccine is never determined. In fact, the opposite is true. It's unethical not to conduct at least one trial from which one can reliably estimate the rate of adverse events before a vaccine is licensed and widely used. As reviewed in this chapter, Medical ethics guidelines permit the administration of a placebo to a control group in a clinical trial of a completely new vaccine and to a control group in a three arm trial of a next generation vaccine. When testing a next generation vaccine, it's unethical not to give the control group the current vaccine. This argument is similar to the previous one, but focuses specifically on the next generation vaccines. It certainly makes sense to test the safety of a next-generation vaccine against the current one, but if the current vaccine has never been previously tested against a placebo, it's turtles all the way down again. That is, the data collected from the vaccine's clinical trials is inadequate for establishing a true safety profile. The solution is straightforward. Conduct a three-arm trial with next-generation vaccine, current vaccine and placebo groups. This allows the comparison of the safety of the new vaccine to the existing one as well as obtaining an estimation of the absolute rate of the new vaccine's adverse events by comparing it to the placebo. A trial of this kind has never been conducted for any of the routine childhood vaccines. It's sufficient to test a new vaccine against another vaccine whose rate of adverse events was determined in a previous trial or measured for a country, region, city population. As explained in the chapter, the results of one randomized controlled trial cannot be compared to that of another, nor to population background rates, even if those are known, which is uncommon, because it violates randomization. Known or unknown differences may exist between the study's populations that could potentially skew the results significantly. Vaccine package inserts, which are published by the manufacturers and approved by health authorities, state this explicitly. It's sufficient to test a next generation vaccine against the current vaccine as the current vaccine has already been given to millions over many years and proven safe. The argument implies that if we know that a certain current vaccine is safe and a control group in a next generation vaccine trial is given that vaccine, then if adverse events are comparable between the groups, it can be concluded that the new vaccine is also safe for use. First. This presupposes that the current vaccine is safe, but we cannot make that assumption if the current vaccine itself was tested in clinical trials designed to obfuscate its true rate of adverse events. That's the industry's gold standard, the RCT, was cooked, as was the case in this chapter's examples, in order to hide the health risks of the tested vaccine. Instead, we must base our judgement of its safety on inferior studies performed only after the vaccine has been on the market for several years. Secondly, without a placebo control group, there's no way to prove that the vaccine being tested is actually safe. For example, in one of the DTaP vaccine trials, one in every 22 subjects in the trial group was admitted to hospital. A similar hospitalisation rate was also reported in the control group which received the older generation, DTP vaccine. Is this a normal background rate? Would nearly 5% of all infants really end up in the hospital if they didn't receive these vaccines? Should we regard both these vaccines, which appear to cause an alarmingly high rate of hospitalizations, as safe, simply because they have similar hospitalisation rates? Or is the reality that neither of them are safe? Definitive answers to these questions could only be obtained by adding a placebo group to the trial. Only then could we calculate a meaningful baseline hospitalisation rate that could be put to good use in evaluating the vaccine safety. In any case, the above claim is irrelevant for trials of entirely new vaccines for which there are no valid reasons not to use a real placebo control. The safety of the X, Y, Z vaccine was extensively studied after it was approved for wide use and was found to be excellent. Statistical epidemiological studies, which are typically conducted only after a vaccine has been in wide use, are considered inferior to RCT studies. The RCT is the industry's gold standard and every new vaccine must undergo such a trial before it's approved for use. It would not be acceptable or reasonable to approve a vaccine for use without adequate clinical studies, and then, after it was administered to millions of babies, retroactively endorse it based on methodologically inferior studies. The assertion that vaccines are never tested against a placebo is false. Here are some references to vaccine clinical trials in which the control group received a real placebo. The claim made in this chapter is not that vaccines in general are never tested against placebo in their pre licensure process. Rather, it is childhood vaccines recommended by the CDC that were never tested against a placebo. The references provided to support the above statement do not refute this claim, as they link to trials of adult vaccines or vaccines that are not used in the United States. In fact, these references reinforce this chapter's arguments as they demonstrate that using a placebo control group in a vaccine RCT is valid, feasible, methodologically sound, and ethical. Contrary to your claim, a placebo is not mandatory in a vaccine clinical trial. Instead, the control group could be given nothing, i.e. no intervention. In a double-blinded, randomised, controlled trial, an RCT, the control group must receive a compound that looks the same and is administered in the same way as the tested compound. This eliminates potential reporting bias. For example, subjects who know they received the experimental vaccine are more likely to report adverse events than control group participants who receive no intervention. This rule also applies to trials with infant subjects even though it is generally believed they are not affected by this bias, because their parents who are usually present at the time of vaccination can certainly be affected. In any case, there are no current childhood vaccines that were tested in clinical trials that included a no intervention control group, which renders the above claim irrelevant. The vaccine sons antigen that was given to the control group in the rotavirus trials is a safe compound since it's made of a mixture of ingredients, each of which is generally considered to be safe. This is yet another baseless claim that has no scientific or factual basis. Even if we presuppose that the individual ingredients in the compound given to the control group in the rotavirus trials were harmless, we cannot assume their specific mixture was harmless too. This is a fundamental tenet of drug and vaccine testing methodology. A compound's safety is not the sum of the safety of the parts. Thus we cannot presume its safety based on a theoretical calculation of the aggregated safety of its ingredients. It must be clinically tested before it is approved for wide use, even more so if given to babies. Additionally, in the case of the rotavirus vaccine trials, neither the manufacturers nor the licensing bodies claimed that the vaccine son's antigen that was given to the control group was considered or proven to be safe, or that its safety profile was known. If anyone claims the opposite, they must provide the scientific references to back it up. Giving the control group the vaccine sans antigen is the proper way to test the vaccine's antigen efficacy and safety. Once again, this is a baseless claim that has no scientific merit. A clinical trial in which the trial group receives the test vaccine and the control group the vaccine sans antigen compares two experimental compounds whose safety profiles are unknown. Therefore, such a trial design precludes calculation of the true rate of adverse events of the test vaccine. For a valid determination, the control group should receive a placebo, which is a compound whose rate of adverse events is known and is very close to zero. In clinical trials using vaccine sans antigen compounds in the control group, For example the rotavirus vaccine trials, researchers reasoned that no significant difference in the rate of adverse events was observed in trial and placebo groups. However, this claim is critically flawed, since the placebo given to the control group was not neutral – in other words, one which had zero side effects – but rather a bioactive compound whose rate of side effects was unknown. In addition, the safety of the vaccine antigen is irrelevant as it is not administered by itself but rather in combination with all the vaccine's other ingredients. It's the safety of the vaccine as a whole that matters and that's not best tested by comparing it to the vaccine song's antigen. In any event, the above discussion should only be considered theoretical since administering a potentially harmful substance with no potential benefit to infants in a clinical trial violates the medical code of ethics, as well as fundamental moral principles. It's inconceivable that every doctor and researcher in the entire world would approve, or retroactively approve, a flawed methodology for testing vaccine safety before their license. Are all of them taking part in a huge conspiracy? Providing a complete and comprehensive answer to this claim goes beyond the scope of this chapter. In short, the vast majority of physicians and researchers are completely unaware of the manner in which vaccine safety trials are designed and conducted and the methodological flaws inherent in that process. Regardless, this claim is essentially irrelevant as it does not directly answer the arguments presented in the chapter. And therefore cannot refute them. A doctor or researcher who has studied vaccine safety and maintains there are no flaws in their licensing process should respond directly to the arguments made in the chapter instead of asking the public to blindly agree based on professional authority alone. Summary. Vaccines, as opposed to drugs, are given to healthy babies and thus must meet a particularly high safety standard. Clinical trials of new vaccines must be impeccably designed and performed, thereby providing high-quality, reliable data about the product's efficacy and, more importantly, about their safety. Anything less is socially and morally unacceptable. Vaccine manufacturers and health authorities worldwide frequently assure us, the public, that vaccines are tested at the highest possible level and that rigorous series of clinical trials they undergo as part of the licensing process ensures that vaccines are truly safe and effective. These assurances, however, are meaningless at best, and deliberately misleading at worst. As we've seen in this chapter, vaccine trials are designed and performed in such a way as to ensure that the true extent of adverse events is hidden from the public. There's not a single vaccine in the US routine childhood vaccination programme whose true rate of adverse events is known. The assertion that vaccines cause serious side effects in one in a million vaccinees contradicts the results of numerous clinical trials, in which serious adverse events were reported in one in 40, 30, or even as few as 20 vaccinated infants. After becoming acquainted with the finer details of vaccine safety trials, hearing the familiar tune of a similar rate of adverse events was reported in the control group, which received another vaccine or similar compound, comes off as ludicrous, cynical and patently immoral. Current vaccine clinical trial methodology completely invalidates the claims that vaccines are safe and that they are thoroughly and rigorously tested. And pulling out that bogus card completely topples the Childhood Vaccine program's house of cards as officials' assurances of vaccine safety rely primarily on deliberately flawed, industry-sponsored clinical trials. Furthermore, some of the clinical trials that have been conducted for routine childhood vaccines, which were approved by relevant health authorities, blatantly violated the Medical Code of Ethics, the Declaration of Helsinki, and fundamental principles of morality. In these trials, infants in the control groups were given completely useless compounds an antigen-free vaccine whose safety was unknown and which had the potential to cause serious and irreversible damage to health including death. Any reader looking for a quick and definitive understanding of the truth about vaccine safety? Well, you can put this book down right now. You have your answer. The entire vaccine program is based on the deliberate cover-up of true vaccine adverse event rates. This seemingly mighty fortress, carefully constructed over many decades and fortified by countless officials, researchers and physicians, actually stands on nothing but turtles all the way down. Questions to ask your doctor. Was the vaccine that you're recommending tested in a pre-licensure clinical trial with a real placebo control group? If not, how do you, or anyone else for that matter, calculate its true rate of adverse events? Is it morally acceptable to conduct a clinical trial in infants for a new vaccine, where the control group receives an untested compound, i.e. the vaccine sans antigen, which is likely to cause irreversible side effects and has no potential benefit?